0: I am Sara Marinelli, and this is Letters to Italy. In this series, I speak with Italian expats in the Bay Area at the time of coronavirus. How has the pandemic reshaped our lives here and our relationship to Italy? If there has ever been a time to look back on our choices and ask the question, where is home, it is now. This second episode features Valentina Imbeni, the founder and head of La Scuola, an Italian-American school from pre-K through eighth grade in San Francisco. Valentina is originally from Modena, grew up in Bologna and moved to San Francisco 20 years ago. La Scuola follows the Reggio Emilia approach to education and despite its Italian leadership and staff, it's an international community. After the first lockdown and in the second wave of the pandemic, La Scuola was one of the first independent schools in the city to reopen.
1: I started the La Scuola. I'm I'm the founding head of school, and I started it in 2007. I came to California as a researcher in biomedical engineering and material science. I was working at UC Berkeley. And I always valued education, was always interested in education. And I realized there was no Italian immersion program west of New York and for an area like the Bay Area and and a city like San Francisco with so much Italian-American history, it seemed like a shame. We had a French school, a German school, a Chinese-American school, so many languages taught in the city of San Francisco except Italian, when this is a city that was partially started by Italians. The Italians that came here were adventurous, first and foremost. They came for the gold rush. And that spirit, I think, stayed in San Francisco. This is a place where new things happen and where like a material science and engineering major can start a school. Like all... Beautiful projects and dreams. You need a, a group of people that believe in it. And there was a core group of people and board members. We started in, a, in an annex of a church uh, in Potrero Hill, um, basically a one-room school. And then we moved to our first Doc Patch campus in 2010 with 60 students. And, and now we are on three campuses, pre-K-8 with uh, over 300 students growing to 450. Only 25% of our students have an Italian speaker at home or an Italian parent. We do have quite a large group of Italian-Americans, but we have over 30 languages spoken in the homes of La Scuola. And so I think uh, it's a very international community and it follows both in the American curriculum and uh, Indicazioni Ministeriali. And also, we are an international baccalaureate accredited school. And so we also follow the IB curriculum framework. The pedagogy of La Scuola and Reggio Emilia and the IB is built on this idea of constructing knowledge with the student and the students are truly the protagonists of their own learning process. Educators are there to facilitate, and uh, it's kind of a shift from teaching to learning. And then we made like drawings of skeletons and then these
0: paper frames. We I made like flowers. We have sugar. Yeah, Claire. I bring the, the book home and made the paper frames. Being an educator myself, I am inspired by the Reggio Emilia's approach of taking risks in learning and turning mistakes into pedagogical opportunities. I am well aware of the challenges of remote teaching, which we educators had to learn in a week or so at the onset of the pandemic. But I can hardly imagine the many decisions a head of a school must take, at an even faster pace, in order to make the switch happen. I asked Valentina what kind of risks and decisions she had to take on.
1: Initially, when this started to happen back in March, for us Italians, we, we could all see what was happening in Italy. We were a lot more aware than some of our fellow citizens and even my colleagues, you know, heads of other independent schools Many of them just continue to believe that, okay, this is happening over there. This is not affecting us. I don't think they saw it coming as much as we did. So in February, I was already looking at this and thinking about when, not if, when it it would come to the United States. I think that really helped me psychologically. I think I had more time to prepare. The challenge was, To prepare people, the people around me, without causing panic to carry my own community with so many different needs. You know, the parents had needs and the faculty had needs. And when, you know, we eventually had to make the decision to close school, we also had to pivot to a completely different way of teaching and learning, like over a weekend. We closed on March 17th. This is when we called, you know, closure. And eventually then this is when also the city of San Francisco then announced the lockdown.
0: My fellow San Franciscans, the new public health order that we're announcing
1: will require San Franciscans to remain at home for your safety and the safety of those around you. This will go into effect through April 7th. Basically, we closed on Friday. And by Tuesday, we were up and running with remote learning. It was very, very stressful for the teachers, moving from like a (laughs) daily connection with their students to being behind the screen. Teachers tried to keep the richness of the curriculum. And the challenge was the hands-on activities uh, that were difficult to implement on Zoom. I think the teachers tried very hard to do that with uh, manipulatives that they had, sending materials home. And for the little ones, anything from puppet shows, music, to using art as a way of connecting. I started to send an update every week. The first update I sent was, you know, in the grim days of like, this is the lockdown. It just felt, it was so hard finding the words and then my 16-year-old, my, my oldest, uh, Stefano, just came up to me and was like, Mom, you know, who reads email anymore? Just do a video. And then I t- told my son, okay, now you're in charge. Given you had this idea, you'll be the one filming, Mommy. Ciao, La Scuola. A warm hello to all of our students, parents, faculty, staff, and friends in our La Scuola community. This is only the first day apart. And, if you're like- and so we did this first video... And I got just this overwhelming response of like, you know, thank you for being there for us. And, and so this is how we have been keeping in touch with our community. And very importantly, if you are experiencing any hardship, know that we are here to help. If you haven't already reached out, please do so.
0: Breaking news on KPIX 5 and streaming on CBSN Bay Area. Bay Area schools are extending closures until the 1st of May. County health officers and county superintendents have decided together to extend the closures and student dismissals. The closures cover six Bay Area counties.
1: When it became clear that, you know, we were going to be closed for some time, but then eventually we would be able to reopen, this is when the community started to split into a very large group of people who wanted to come back to school and a very small group of people who were just scared. So for me, maybe it was interesting to also listen to the conversation in the United States around equity and why schools should not open because of equity and teachers not wanting to come back to school. And the conversation in Europe was exactly the opposite. Because of equity, because we want to be an equitable society, we must get kids back in school. Because in a situation where children are at home, parents who have more means or more flexible jobs will be able to support their students at home, will be able to pay for a tutor. We also have families in our society and even in our school where actually the parents were never able to stay home. You know, if you have delivery people, essential workers were working during the lockdown. And so I think it was very important for me to remind the community that we're also serving those families and that the students, the children, need to be together. This isolation, this being at home, this not being connected to one another really affected them.
0: What I hear in Valentina's words is the passion and compassion behind her choice and effort to defend her values and the community she has built. Educators are also essential workers, she claimed in the conversations with families and authorities, who were against reopening.
1: The city of San Francisco made it very hard initially for us to open. It was a really difficult process. We had to apply for this waiver, We had to put together a lot of documentation. They kept postponing the waiver. They kept making it harder for private schools to open because they knew the public schools were not opening. And so we fought really hard to be able to open. And when the families were seeing this back and forth, when they knew that different states in the the US that would open, then they just went there. So it's been really hard. Now we're trying to rebuild enrollment to the best of
0: our ability. Despite the fact that some families were content and others were not, La Scuola's reopening, with due safety measures and reduced enrollments, occurred in August 2020, starting with preschool and higher grades following in September and October. Like me, Valentina did not visit Italy throughout the year and longed to be there during the crisis.
1: It was very hard not to be able to go home. Many of our faculty members have not been home since last Christmas. Uh, Some of them are on visas, which means now with the new regulations, they also cannot leave the country because if they leave the United States, even though they have a valid visa, they cannot come back. For me and also all the Italian citizens at La Scuola, it it was very hard to hear the... Really sad news from Italy and the daily death toll. It was hard because uh, we were all worried about our families and and friends. We all have, you know, like older parents and uncles and aunts and grandparents. And most of my family and many friends as well are in Modena. So in the region of Emilia-Romagna was one of the regions that was hit hard by COVID. Not quite as hard as Lombardia. I so wanted to be back and, and help and support the people who are suffering there. I think for all of us, including myself, I've been in the United States for 20 years, and I've always gone back to Italy at least once a year, sometimes more. And not just me, me and my family. So it was very important to me also, as I'm raising a family here, that my children spoke Italian, that they kept that deep connection with their heritage, you know, where they're from. And I realized that I have been able to live in the United States for so long because I was able to go back every year and recharge, you know, and I think refill my my Italian-ness by being there.
0: I relate to our need to recharge, to reconnect at least once a year. When you live abroad for so long, your sense of identity shifts and expands but it can also fracture. You end up drawing a partition between past and present, and you look for ways to bridge where you were and where you are, and to keep these aspects of yourself jointed.
1: I think I still, at heart, always identify as Italian. When I think of home, I think of Italy, even though I've been in San Francisco for 20 years. I think I've learned to love Italy even more, uh, being away from it. I always thought I would go back to Italy one day. And after 20 years, I did find myself thinking, is this the time? Is this the time for me uh, to go back? But what kept me here was La Scuola. Uh, There is a community here that needs me, and you don't quit when it's hard, you stay when it's hard. And you have to be there for your. People, your community, and I knew that this would not be the right time for me to go. Selfishly, I would have gone home, but I couldn't do it just yet. At this difficult time where you feel everything is falling to pieces, you feel this darkness creeping over, I, I often remind myself of uh, the words of Loris Malagosi, the founder of the Reggio Approach used to remind uh, everyone around him that we should never forget to find joy in our lives. And uh, he wrote these words, niente senza gioia. We say that a lot in La Scuola. I try to say that a lot to myself on difficult days. We must find the joy, even in the small things that we do every day.
0: I reflect on Reggio Emilia's motto, Nothing Without Joy. The way Valentina has described the process of working for her school to reopen and serve the community, evoked for me a sense of deeper joy, the joy that you cultivate patiently and stubbornly and that you harvest at the end of a difficult season. And all of these efforts, always with half of your heart and mind in Italy. So, I ask Valentina, Imagine writing a letter to Italy, to her people far away, during the hardest time of the Italian crisis.
1: I think I would love to tell my fellow Italians, Caritalia, be strong. Keep thinking that all will be well, andrà tutto bene. And I know that things now are not looking great and you are tired. But be patient. I think things will get better we know a lot more now about the virus continue staying connected to your close ones the vaccine will come soon and we can all see each other again all of us that are from italy and cannot come back are missing you so much we long for home our thoughts and hearts are with you
0: Since we recorded this conversation, Valentina has planned to visit her family and friends in Italy this summer. Since reopening in early fall 2020, La Scuola's teaching modality has been in person every day, with remote learning to accommodate some families' needs. La Scuola also created a COVID-19 relief fund to support families directly impacted by the pandemic. You can find out more about La Scuola at www.lascuolasf.org. In the next segment, I continue the conversation on the challenges of directing an education program during COVID with Lucina Di Mecco, a Senior Director of Girls' Education and Gender Equality for an international non-profit called Room to Read. Lucina Di Mecco is also a researcher and advocate for women's rights and political leadership. I hope you will join me. Letters to Italy is produced, edited and hosted by me, Sara Marinelli. This series was made possible thanks to the support of Comites of San Francisco and Italian Consulate of San Francisco, with funding from the Italian Ministry of Foreign Affairs and international cooperation. I am grateful for their support. Thanks for listening.